Hello and welcome to the Form of Fitness podcast, a podcast where I, Nathan Shanes, and my co-host Duncan Bryson will be breaking down the world of fitness into bite-sized pieces of information, such as exercise philosophies, routines, and more. We're glad you're along for the journey. We hope you enjoy the show. All right, guys, what's up? This is episode seven of the Form of Fitness podcast, and I'm joined by Duncan today, and today we're going to talk about strength and conditioning in a lot of different facets you want to start all right yeah so i think i'm first going to just explain what strength and conditioning means to me because i think what it means in the crossfit world is a little different from what it means to everyone else and so for us we literally separate out strength and conditioning usually our class structure looks something like a warm-up a strength portion a what we call a metcon which is just metabolic conditioning and then a cool down and so we are very focused in on we're going to lift this heavy weight in a range of 20 to 30 times with so much rest in between whatever our rep schemes looking like. And then we'll go into something that's going to train um, your energy system in order to like make it so that whatever you're doing no longer just becomes a strength thing, but more of a functional thing as well. Okay. And you guys do that every workout? We do that almost every workout. Every now and then we'll have what we call a chipper, which is just a really long endurance workout. And because our class times are within an hour, if you have like a 40-minute workout, it makes it very hard to do like a strength-based thing. Right. And so sometimes that'll be skipped for like one day out of the week. And so you guys never do strength only or in – Well, it's I, very I guess that's endurance, but like that that's probably conditioning technically. Yeah. And – so as far as like, I guess the rest of the fitness community goes, when you're talking about strength and conditioning, we're talking about building strength. How do you get stronger? And what do you mean by conditioning? So in the case of strength, we're probably going to, as far as how to get stronger, first is going to be skills, technical skills. Obviously, those are going to make you seem stronger, but they're also going to make you stronger by making sure you don't hurt yourself. All this stuff. There's a lot of lot of different facets about skills and acquiring skills that will make you stronger. And also, they'll make it to where you can more functionally move weight. So you're going to hit those muscles correctly in that case. And then we've got um, something which is called muscular maturity in the fitness community. This means that while your muscle is not necessarily getting larger, your muscle is getting stronger due to the fact that it is used and it's becoming more efficient at energy output. And then in the case of uh, like another option is muscular growth, where your muscles are getting bigger and by them getting bigger, there's more muscle, which means you can push more weight. It's pretty simple. Um, What I definitely notice is that if you just follow a basic strength training focused regimen of workout, you're going to notice good technical skill pickup in the beginning. So you're going to get stronger in that regard. You're also going to build muscle pretty quickly at the beginning. That's going to mm-hmm. be the normal. And then muscular maturity, you don't really develop until later. Uh, your muscles do mature over time, but I would say that most times you're not going to reap the benefit of muscular maturity too much until you get into maybe like a couple of years into lifting and working out. And then in the case of conditioning, um, We've got muscle conditioning and cardiovascular conditioning. So muscle conditioning, they tie they tie in hand in hand. But in the case of muscle conditioning, you're 
um, talking about your muscles being able to handle a lot of um, energy expenditure. So a lot of times you'll see this evident online when you're looking at rep schemes and things like that um, for workouts. A lot of times when you have a higher rep total, people are going to say you're focusing more on muscle conditioning as opposed to focusing on either hypertrophy or strength building. Um, so in that regard, what it means, one thing about muscle conditioning that's really important is that your time to recover reduces the more you become, the more your muscles become conditioned, which in a sense is very um, noticeable if you're familiar with cardiovascular conditioning. It makes a lot more sense when you understand cardiovascular conditioning and then you apply it to muscles. Because in the case of cardiovascular um, conditioning, you're looking at your body being able to restore your oxygen quicker and more efficiently, which means that your breathing patterns are better. You're able to output more energy because you're able to intake more oxygen. Quite simple. Your breathing is better. Maybe you don't get as winded from as easy of uh, exercises. Pretty simple. But in the case of how that affects muscular conditioning, you're looking at your muscles being able to reintroduce oxygen quicker and better to assist in either rebuilding uh, muscle tissue or replenishing energy stores. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, and another thing when we're talking about our strength segments of our workouts or when we're trying to increase strength, it's very important to know or to remember that doing one rep of your one rep max is not going to build strength. Mm -hmm. It actually might tear you down yep. depending on what you're doing and how difficult it actually is. You do kind of want this ideal of somewhere around 20 to 30 reps of moderately heavy to heavy. Mm -hmm. And then you break those 20 to 30 reps, of course, into like five sets of five or three sets of seven or seven sets of three. And you do it that way. And this will actually help you build strength in order for you to increase that one rep max. Yep. And uh, that's definitely true. Uh, what what tends to be looked at in like the more just uh, weightlifting world is you're going to talk about like in, in the case of like five by five, that's seen more as a strength, pure strength focused rep scheme. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you work more into like, let's say like five by eight, or four by eight or four by 12 or something, something like this between rep ranges of like eight and 12 for sets a total of three to five, something like that. Um, you're looking at what is called hypertrophy, which in some regards is kind of hard to explain, but it's when you receive, when your muscles tear the most is because you're pushing ideally somewhere between upper 60s lower 80s in terms of percentage of your one mm -hmm. rep maximum for this rep total and being able to do that has the most like micro tears on your muscles which uh via current um fitness and anatomical studies for uh muscle growth has been seen to be the best way to build muscle and grow strength at the same time uh in in tandem mm -hmm. without having either of the others suffer. Yep. Um, and something yeah. to think about while we're talking about strength is essentially 
you, your body's response to a strength workout is how much work you put in. Mm-hmm. And so basically you're telling your body, I have to put in this much work. I need you to get to where that feels comfortable. And so when we're talking about doing a 60% or what I would say moderate weight at a higher rep scheme, you know, essentially you can trick your body into lifting more than your PR in terms of work. Cause work, if you've done physics or you have any type of um, mathematical background is just force times distance, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't care how big the force was because if you're just adding up, you know, this 120, 120, 120 times, whatever distance, eventually you're going to beat your PR in terms of actual work done on the bar. Mm-hmm. What you are doing as well is you're saving yourself from having a catastrophic failure because PRs are one of the most dangerous spots of weightlifting. And you're also sometimes putting in more work than you could with a PR because especially if you're going extremely light, you could do some extremely lightweight a lot more rep-wise than you could do something at a much heavier weight. Yeah, and in the case of doing one rep maximums, it's genuinely seen as something that in the weightlifting world, you're only doing these to essentially reset Mm -hmm. your boundaries. So if my maximum on bench press is 185, and then over the course of the next couple months, I test it again, and my max is now 205 or 225, um, what I'm going to do is then change my workout schedule because let's say that hypothetically you had this max, you've maxed out, you've got a one rep max there and you build your workout based on, I'm going to do, you know, five rounds of five at 80% of this maximum. Well, at some point that five rounds of five at 80% of your maximum is going to make you strong enough to where 190, 185 is not your maximum anymore. And you're going to need to retest that to then reset your workout schedule. So that way you're still receiving the same progress or close to the, like the most efficient progress you can. Cause otherwise you're going to stagnate, right? Yep. You're going to get to a point where, yeah, over time that it's going to get easier, but you're, it's, it's kind of like a curve, like decline, uh, what is it? Declining return mm-hmm. over time. You're going to receive less benefit for the same work. Yep. It's, just as just simple. And so I think that the big takeaway here especially is don't think of a PR as a workout. Think of it as a benchmark, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you wouldn't consider a test in school as studying. You know, you did all that studying to get to the test. Don't think about your PR as studying. Think about your PR as the test and all that work you put in before it as actual work, actual studying, actual preparation. Right. Is for that that test. Yes. Um, I'd say as far as how this affects lifting culture, you know, everybody's heard PR or ER. Uh, mm-hmm. I can definitely say I've been through the phase where every time I'm going to the gym, I'm testing a PR. Not a good, I don't suggest it, <laughs> especially on anything where, anything. I'm, I'm not going to, there's yeah. nothing that's, nothing makes anything better by just trying to PR everything all the time. Especially because, like, okay, okay. Not necessarily PR, but one rep max. Mm -hmm. Now, PR, in the other hand, I tend to say PR, like in the case of, let's say, bent over rows. I don't, I I don't think I've ever done a one rep max on bent over rows. I just don't. It's not, first off, I don't see it as a conducive way of doing that workout. And I can, I always feel like I can 
trial weight, test how many reps I can do of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I've never gone high enough to where I do less than five. I just, I don't, it, it's not useful for me. Yeah. Because not only is that, it, while it is my biggest back-focused exercise that I'm doing, I don't see a need to do that one rep max to set my boundaries. I've got the amount I can do for five reps, but I'm always trying to stay up in the 8 to 12 to 15 rep range on that because I prefer muscular growth from that exercise in a controlled format mm-hmm. as opposed to a how much I can lift during that exercise because that's the way that it makes my muscles feel and I always feel the best in a in the balance between being sore and feeling like my muscles are growing to the amount of weight that I'm actually improving and moving up to the next time. Yeah. And so one thing I can say about that is that one rep maxes are important to a lot of exercises that you do, but not all of them is what I'll, is what I'll definitely say. And you don't have to do them. Like that's a perfect example. That bent over row example is a perfect example. If you're not trying for these low rep, um, sets like if you're not if you're not shooting for sets that are between like three reps and five reps you really don't need to do a one rep max now you should push your boundaries and maybe do less reps than like eight to understand where you're at but other than that i don't see um like it's cool because it's high number but other than that like the necessity for it is not is not there if you don't want to. Yep. Okay. So I think we can now start going into conditioning. And the way that I like to think about conditioning is you put all of that work in with getting stronger, but without being conditioned, you can't use that strength, right? Because I've heard all these stories about the first time a, a weightlifter or a bodybuilder comes into the CrossFit gym. And what happens is they we put them through their first workout and let's say that we have a pretty standard deadlift weight for low reps is 315. That's pretty standard. Yeah. And for a bodybuilder, that's not a hard lift. But we get them winded, and they can't lift 315. It's this magical force that all of a sudden overtakes their bar to where they can't get 315 to their hips. And it's like, that's not a issue if they're fresh, but the issue is, is that they can't really control their breathing. Mm-hmm. They don't really have this experience of being fatigued already before going in. And so because of this lack of experience, they get stuck. And I'd hope that everyone listening to this podcast, their point of going to the gym is not necessarily just to basically get swole, but actually to improve fitness. And fitness, one of the biggest aspects of fitness is being able to use what you need when you need it. Yep. And that means that sometimes you're going to have to move something really heavy after running. Sometimes that means that you're going to have to move something really heavy over a long distance. And conditioning your body to be ready to uh, basically poke into these different energy systems is something that you need to be doing in the gym as well. What I've heard before is that not every bodybuilder wants to be a bodybuilder, but all bodybuilders want to be a fighter. Mm -hmm. And to be a fighter, you need to be muscularly conditioned you need to be very effective because you need to be able to use your power 
at every given point of um however like winded you are mm-hmm. you need, under any form of fatigue you need to be able to use what you have and so and that's why a lot of my training especially as i came out of high school um i was doing uh low weight high rep and this is really good for me considering that i was overweight mm-hmm. but muscular conditioning i feel like if you do it enough and then you start tra- uh, training for strength more as your focus as opposed to um, conditioning or general fitness, if that's the the route you want to go down, it gives you a good base. I feel like uh, you're definitely a lot more ready to move up to these high weights. Cause, and th- this is where I saw some big breakthroughs in my strength training was by also doing conditioning because – when I'm doing that, I go from being kind of like stagnant on these, you know, medium reps because my body is able to more functionally use the energy that I provide it to move that, mm-hmm. right? It's not necessarily that I'm stronger. It's that I am able to do what I am doing more via, you know, good uh, good use of energy. Yep. So. And so when we're talking about conditioning, you know, and I like the way CrossFit talks about it, especially because we literally call it metabolic conditioning. Mm -hmm. And so when you condition your, your body to incorporate these energy systems, there's three energy systems that the human body uses. Um, The first one is ATP CP. Uh, The official name is like anaerobic elactic. If I had said that right. Um, And these are really sciencey terms that I'm not great at pronouncing, but this energy system is basically your high intensity, short duration, you know? So in anything time frame wise of zero to 10 minutes is usually where we would anticipate using this energy system. Sprinters use it. Even the really fast mile runners will, will use this system. And it's basically your body going, we got to get the hell out of Dodge. Um, it's the energy system that's most associated with this kind of fight or flight response. And for, us in the CrossFit gym, we love this energy system because of this is how we make ourselves feel like shit the quickest. <laughs> I've done some brutal four or five minute workouts. And this is also something that you need to keep in mind, especially if you're programming your own stuff, is if your workout is four to five minutes, understand that that should feel like you just did a 20, 30 minute workout because you're trying to tap into this um, ATP CP system. And you're really trying to get as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, the next energy system is the glycolytic energy system. And so this is kind of that mid-range energy system in which you're not necessarily going out into an all-out sprint, but you're not trying to run a marathon either. Um, like a 5K, think about running-wise, that'll be in this energy system. And so it's going to create some soreness, yes, you're probably going to have to control your breathing during the workout, but it's not going to be this workout in which you are um, always under controlled breath, but always out of control of your breath too. Um, It's also going to incorporate probably some pacing during the time of this workout. And so again, about anywhere 15, 25 minutes up to like 30 minutes would probably be in the system. And then the last system is that anaerobic energy system, that good old recovery system 
you're talking about these 40-minute workouts, these hour-long workouts, these workouts that take forever. But it's important because it's teaching your body what to do when it's really fatigued. Mm-hmm. And something that training these other systems helps with is even if, let's say you're a bodybuilder, let's say you're a weightlifter, let's say that you just have to move this really heavy weight once really quick. And all that is is your ATP CP system. Training your other systems makes your ATP CP system better. Your body uses the other systems in order to recover. So not training them doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely see that. And that's definitely, in many ways, the focus of mus- muscle conditioning mm-hmm. is um, training your body to be able to recover better. And training your body, most times I'd say when I'm doing muscular conditioning i'm getting the benefits of muscular conditioning but that's not what i'm focusing on which is the beauty of it because i might be focusing on skill work where i'm trying to make sure i understand what i'm doing good positioning arm positioning maybe leg positioning feet positioning every every little variable and then i'm also getting the benefit of doing it for a lot of reps because i'm trying to focus on it and have good control Mm -hmm. so that's all beneficial and you definitely want these energy systems the way that your body's recovering the way that your body's getting oxygen and fuel to all of your muscle cells um you want those to work as efficiently as possible which is in a lot of ways the main focus of general fitness is to just be healthier overall it means that under normal stress your normal stress load gets easier when you are more conditioned right because you can make it through these harder things, which would be your conditioning workouts. So everyday activities like climbing stairs and other things like that don't wind you. Walking up hills, not not a big deal. You know, you've made it through either high intensity or long term muscle conditioning. So all these things are very useful, and that's why I think that you have to incorporate all of it into a workout in some way. Otherwise you're really just kind of leaving, leaving shit on the table. Yeah. And a quick hack that I found out about and I love to use is if you train with high intensity intervals, this whole idea of work hard for let's say a minute and then you get a minute of rest or maybe 30 seconds of rest. What this will do is it'll actually bring your body through all three systems. And so that's one of the only ways that you can do this kind of conditioning training while incorporating all three systems and getting benefits from all three. Mm -hmm. And so it's what I see a lot of people do, especially if let's say you only have an hour a day to work out, you go and hit some high intensity interval stuff for 30 minutes. You work strength for 30 minutes and you're done and you basically got all the benefits that you needed out of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely why I feel like in the past couple of years, I've seen an uptake in high intensity interval training on its own not necessarily in tandem with other things, but because it's just training you to be more efficient in these energy systems, whether or not you want to become stronger. I mean, you're going to become stronger, you know, like in a general sense, Mm -hmm. lightly, but if your focus isn't strength and your focus is well-being, physique and et cetera, um, these are definitely high intensity interval training is great. I now me while I'm doing it would say otherwise, but I love it. (laughs) Yeah. I love you come off of the workout with such a high. Mm-hmm. It's just just straight ec- ecstasy. You're just like so, it's great. You feel like you've 
burnt a lot of things. Most times you feel well stretched too. Yeah. You feel like you can do damn near anything. Yep. Just because you feel, I'd say like in an essence, warm in every capacity mm-hmm. uh, in that case. And that's why I, I, pers- I personally like high inter- interval training. I like training at high intensity yep. because I feel like when you don't, you're kind of like, you're kind of missing part of the point of working out, mm-hmm. which is powerful under pressure yep. and under stress, under pressure. Now, yeah, some people work, a good chunk of people work out just to get strong, but you can become more functional with your strength when you are capable at high intensity. And that's, I mean, that's just dead simple. So do you have anything else you'd like to uh, add as far as that goes? Okay, so there is one kind of high-intensity interval training uh, workout that I've done a couple times that I love that I just want to talk about real quick, quick plug. Um, Basically, you almost treat it like a strength workout. You throw six rounds with a 20-calorie bike sprint on an echo bike or an assault bike. We, we use echo at our gym. Um, and then you get five minutes of rest. <laughs> and a lot of people, when I tell them about that, think that it's a super easy workout, but it's really not. No, it's 20 not. calories. If you are sprinting sucks. And then you need every minute you can well, to, to rest and recover. Those echo bikes. Uh, I mean, the assault bikes, they use everything, everything they use. Your legs, your core needs to stay tighter. You're not going to be able to focus on utilizing your back, your chest, your triceps, your biceps, and um, the. I, I mean, I guess you miss your hamstrings. Like, like <laughs> you use them a little bit. If you're standing up, you're using everything. Yeah, so if you're standing up, <laughs> which you might be, you might yeah. not. I don't know. Yeah, for me, if I'm sprinting, I stand up. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I feel weird standing up on those assault bikes. Okay. I feel like I have to – I'd rather be in it. I'll, like – the great part is you can move that seat yeah. in, like, almost every way. Yeah. So I can get it just to the right point to where I feel comfortable with the the essentially the pulling part of and the pushing part while also using my legs very powerfully. Yeah. But you have to go th- get those things going really fast for that to be a sprint, right? Yep. To, most people, like – 20 calories is really fast to burn. And especially when you're talking about the sprint, you mean sub 30 second. Oh, I mean, I can get it to about 20 seconds. Yeah. Like, shit sucks. To be working so hard that you could burn 60 calories per minute is crazy. It's crazy hard. Like, I don't even think you can sprint. You probably can't sprint fast enough to burn that level of calories. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, I'm just being like being brutally honest like but what I, what it'll teach you to do is to recover it'll teach you exactly what you need to do to recover in five minutes because in that five minutes you have to get back on that bike and do it again mm-hmm. and so to me one of the best parts of this workout is it teaches people i can't sit down hunch over and breathe like shit for five minutes because you gotta stand in a good stance and like, get oxygen in you really do because the people who like sit down curl over they're the people who fa- don't they don't fail the workout, but you can see their time on the bike go sky I mean, high. You get to the point where you got to do it in a minute, and yeah. then it's minute half two. And by that point, like, I mean, if you're taking two minutes to burn this 20 calories and in a sprint format, the stimulus is not being hit. It 
what that should be to you is a signal mm -hmm. that you need to work on it. Yep. It that's one thing I do love about working out is that the signals that you need to do it more are you failing. <laughs> yep. And that's I, I mean that's just it's such a good reminder of work harder and work smarter. You have to do both. Because otherwise, in the case of the sprint, you're not like you're gonna get to a point where if you say, Yeah, 30 seconds is comfortable, and you just do 30, you do exactly 30 seconds every time, you're gonna get to the point where it's like it's not a workout anymore. Yep. I mean, you're gonna get to the point where the recovery is easy. So that's where the work harder comes in. And then the work smarter comes in by saying, don't do some stupid shit while you're trying to recover. <laughs> Five minutes may seem like a long time during a workout to take a break. And it, it especially does, especially for me, because like, like this morning when I was doing squats, I don't like, I don't like the fact that I need to rest between these sets of like, you know, doing five reps yeah. at a lot of, at a, you know, a lot of weight, but you got to, or you're just not going to have, I'm either going to lose the form. I'm going to be so winded. I just like, you can't do it or something like that. So making sure that you work smarter is uh during this rest period is important. You can't just be like fucking around otherwise there's no point in resting, you know? So but that's uh that's my two cents. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh if that's all we've got to say, that's all any we got. additional information on this is uh again easy to find every Every different philosophy has a little bit of a different approach to how to do these things, but every philosophy does in many ways include a form of this to make their program or their idea more well-rounded. And so I'd say check YouTube. You just put it in the search bar. I swear to God you'll find it. I swear. Yeah. And you probably find it in an interesting format now because people are putting out that content. So. Uh, with that being said, I'm glad you guys could join us, and we'll see you guys next time. See ya. This production was brought to you by the Uptown Audio and Media Network. If you are interested in more work like this from us, you can find those on our socials, such as Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, which will be listed in the description below. And we thank you for listening.